Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Here, I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to start recording because, yes, I am going to Blade Show. In fact, that is the. Uh, the by man. the way, Ben Jam and Butler, how you doing? Real quick, I am well. we're, I am well. you're listening to this uh, in an audio format, not live or on video streaming. All of that technology has, I think, surpassed uh, what we are capable of at the moment. A couple Ooh. of issues with that. I don't know if you noticed, Ben, but like I'm, I was super distracted during those Me other too. shows. And it's it's so okay. So here I had a couple of thoughts about the live stream stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was thinking we bring in a third person Uh who does the sort of production side. Oh, yeah. Trivia. Yeah. Sort of handling the comments and talking to people and all of that. So if if anyone out there that listens to the work for it podcast that would be interested in doing that, we record on Wednesday afternoons, 3 p.m. Eastern time. So that would be kind of a deal breaker if you couldn't make that time frame work. But yeah. uh, we could use an extra set of hands. No and, doubt. And I think, you know, that extra set of hands, that person would also have a microphone. They could also like hang out and, you know, Hell communicate yeah. with us right on the show. So you'd have to be kind be of a ideal, good fit. Right. Yeah. It'd be, a, be a yeah, pff, you get to hang out we'd with us every freaking day. Um, we'd probably just take uh, uh, a secretary, but <laughs> a bonus would be, uh, you know, that you had a voice and could speak and 
New. Can you type, uh, sir? I'm going to need you to <laughs> fill out this form in triplicate. Um, also, don't forget, we're going to need you to TPS do a typing test. Yeah, we're going to need you to do a TPS cover sheet, and we're also going to need all of your references. Well, I'm a people and person. Professional. <laughs> I work with the people. <laughs> what would you say you do here? So anyway, so yes, uh, that just I wanted to touch briefly on the live stream thing because that, yeah, not only that, yeah. you have some bandwidth problems. Oh, fuzz some, nuggets, man. I don't even it know was... how, how you, oh. I mean, I thought for sure you lived in Idaho, but now we we have confirmation that you live yeah. in BFE. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think I got most of it ironed. Um, my mesh Wi-Fi network in the house. One of the um, one of the repeaters or the satellites was was giving me fits, and I think I got that square. But I will also say, yeah, it is. It's the wild west out here yet, and Boise's grown so freaking fast that infrastructure honestly has not kept up. You know, mm, we, we've got yeah. shit for utilities. There's two internet service providers. You know. Well, most places have two. I, I, we have two here as well. But then, yeah. well, here's what's really interesting. So, I can't get. You can only like at my house. I can only get one. Yeah. Particular one, which is CenturyLink, and the only one that I'm available to get in my building, my commercial building, is Comcast. So I have two accounts, of course, oh, two different fuck. providers. Yeah. You know, and my and and here's cable- even what's funnier: the internet at my house is. 20 million times faster than it is in my commercial unit of course. Uh, because they, you know, it was a new neighborhood when we moved into it and it has fiber. Yep. And we don't have fiber here at the building. So it's like, okay. Fiber you know, to the node or. No, it's fiber right into my house. I have right a fiber converter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, and it's what I, um, a gigabit connection, Ben. It's a thousand yeah. megs down, and it's ninety dollars a month. It's super cheap. Fuck and, yeah! And they did it. Here's the reason why they did it. They thought initially they were going to offer this service called Prism, which was mm-hmm. like streaming television, streaming movies, you know, all this stuff. And they needed an enormous amount of bandwidth to make that happen. Well, yeah. Prism didn't do so hot because, you know, mm-hmm. they're competing with Hulu and Netflix and all these other Everybody companies. Everybody now. Yeah. So, they, yeah, so they stopped offering it, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, well, I guess you get this awesome streaming Internet, you know, for 90 yeah. bucks a month now, you know, so who knows? Oh, yeah. They did fiber to the node here. And, right. That's common. You know, and then they convert course. it to copper. Yep. Then it goes to copper. And so. You see the bottleneck there, yep, you know, big time. And I, I was on fiber for a little while when I switched over to a DSL. I'm on cable now, which, as you know, like cables a shared infrastructure. So when the school bus comes to the front, you know, uh, <laughs> all the kids get home. Five minutes later, the internet just goes, <laughs> you know, comes to a grinding halt. But, but we uh, we must we must watch our cartoons. We must see our yeah. TikToks. We must yeah. do these. Saved yeah, by the bell. Exactly. All that. Yeah, shit bandwidth. I try to explain bandwidth to people like plumbing. You know, the bigger right. the pipe, the more flow you have. But if you have a whole bunch of sinks connected to one pipe, they're all pulling from that same you know connection point. So, 
yeah, it's it's a thing. I get it. Um, hopefully, yeah, if you have your thing worked out, we could still do the live streaming thing. Yeah. We just really, I personally think, not only from the technical side of things, having yeah. it, um, uh, you know, the band bandwidth is uh is especially when you're streaming audio right. and video two ways because you're streaming it out to me and I'm streaming yep. it out to you and vice versa and audio. Mm-hmm. What was, what we were noticing was significant lag between all of us. And then, then, you know, your connection was dropping in and out and then trying yep. to catch up. So your audio was pretty much not usable. And yep. then <clears throat> on top of that, the service that we use uh, which I'm really super glad I did not sign up for an entire year. I've learned yeah. my lesson on that. Yeah. Riverside, even to even if I wanted to use the shitty audio from last week, I couldn't yep. because there was something stuck in their system. Even to a week later oh, today, man. my video, not yours, but mine, my video and audio is locked in some weird database somewhere what? and they can't get it to me. Yeah, so it doesn't Fuck even matter. That. Even if we wanted to restream it somewhere, we couldn't. So Yeah. I wasn't crazy like, about it, well, but I thought, well, yeah. we could work the kinks, you know, but um I've also been poking around looking at some Craig. other options. So Craig I'll, told I'll, me I'll... that Craig told me that restream is what they're using and it, it seems to work pretty well. So maybe we'll Well I heard it. him boasting about them being the first on Knife Talk the last episode. So <laughs> we'll we'll give them the credit. Yes, they were the yeah. first to live yep. stream. But here's my so, goal, right? And I know you have this common goal. Um, I was talking to B. Cone a little bit about it as well. And and I think the goal is to produce a live show that's as enjoyable to listen to after the fact as it is uh, mm. if you caught it live, right? And I think mm. that's, that's not easy to do. And You're I will right. say the Knife Talk boys do it well. They do it damn well. Um, but I think I that's kind of like the goal. It's something to strive for. If you, if you listen to their their banter like i don't watch their live streams typically on friday afternoons i'm at the bottom of a bottle uh but uh no i'm kidding i'm i'm actually still working uh but (laughs) i'm like drunk out of my mind man by four o'clock on friday i'm i'm out i'm trying to take a vacation from my life but no i'm usually really busy on friday afternoons i have to close up my shop for the weekend i have to do all this other stuff and i have to balance the register and all that crap but um so I don't get a chance really to participate on Fridays in their live streams. I listen to their then their feed, which comes out on Monday mornings uh, yep. via the audio. And you're right. It translates really well. Yeah. So that is a challenge. That's something you and I need to sit down and discuss. But I yeah. do think here's what I do think. The trifecta for them is that Craig is balancing the show. You know, he's. Yeah. He's essentially taking, and I don't know if you realize how difficult that is for somebody to not only create all the quizzes and all the content stuff that he does for that, but then also take, you know, send and receive the phone calls that are coming in, Mm -hmm. the comments that are coming in from live streams, you know, all of that is pulling his, uh, his, uh, concentration and focus in 10 different directions. And on top of that, he has to be. Uh, present for the conversation that's happening between him, Jeff, and Mareko. So it's just like, it's how big, the it's fuck hard. does he do that? I don't even know, but yeah. I don't either. Like, as I noticed, you know, I I noticed a dip, you know, and it's not a negative comment. It's purely an observation. Our ability to to talk, you know, uh, to sort of dig into a topic, 
on both of those live streams was diminished greatly, you know? Yes. And I, I, I will say that's not because of me at all. Cause I didn't do shit different. You know, you were, you were pulling that lion's share of the work and I really appreciate it, but, but it does, it impacts, um, your ability to participate in a conversation and hold a conversation and all that stuff. Because, you know, we were getting 50, 60 comments rolling in Facebook and, uh, from you know, Facebook bringing on alone. live people. We weren't even, yeah. We weren't even streaming to YouTube yet, like on a right. real scale. So, you yeah. know, we were or, we streamed to or, YouTube last week, but it was no one watching it really because, yeah. it was, you know, it was just nor was it known on either of them necessarily. It wasn't uh, a known time slot for us. Right. So right. when that becomes a thing and people legitimately get it on their calendar and, you know, it's like, oh. <clears throat> work for podcast is going live here in 20 minutes there will be people queued up you know so yeah i think it'll be great to have some help i think it'd be great to have that help be somebody that you know wants to talk shop and uh, all that stuff as well um but it's also okay taking that back back seat a little bit and just kind of you know shepherding the comments and poking yep. it, poking it into the conversation i also my original thought was brian cone yeah, he's my yeah. original thought. Yeah. I don't know what his schedule's like. I know he's got I a do. lot going on. Yeah, but he's already got all the gear and he knows how to do most of this stuff. So maybe Brian, no if you're listening and you want to jump in, um, yeah. otherwise, if you know if the timing doesn't work out for Brian, I'm, there's a host of other people, like a ton of people that are listening yeah. on a regular basis. I just don't know if their you know their schedules would work, and then also yeah. whether or not they're interested in even doing it. So you know that's right. that's the other part of this. All right. And we've got now a that we got that out of the way, so. go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I say we got a pretty good schedule with this time slot, so I'd hate to have to juggle that around again. That's that's the yeah. death of most podcasts, right? Scheduling. <laughs> it is, and especially <laughs> when you add when you add a third person. Now yeah. it's three schedules that have to line up, and I'm not opposed to taking our schedule and pushing it back a little bit or whatever. It just cuts right. into family time. That's the other thing is like, yeah. I love the idea that we could do it at like Friday afternoons or, or right. whatever, like late Happy in the afternoon. Maybe it we would just be, in. yeah, we could, uh, I would, I would just want to do it from my house. That way I'm home. Yeah. I could have a cocktail. I wouldn't need to drive anywhere, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but it's all up for discussion. We do need to revamp it. I did enjoy doing it. I just think that, yeah, we got to work out the kinks. So it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So hey, tell right. me about your stuff. What's going on? You're going to blade. Oh, Is this going new to blade? Uh, well, no, I've, I've been planning on going for the last like four or five months. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Well, I hadn't really talked about it because I wasn't yeah. like 90, I was like 95% sure I was going to go. And then, um, I don't remember who I was talking to and I was just like, man, I got to just order my tickets and go the, um, I, I was, I was kind of, so here's what, yeah, it's in Atlanta. So here's what my major concern was is that I'm, I just received the second dose of my Moderna vaccine. Oh yeah. And I was concerned that I was going to be sick. Yeah. And then, um, I got it on Friday of last week and I was down for maybe a day. I didn't even really feel that sick. I just I still right. feel some fatigue. Just off, right? Yeah, it, I just feel off. I feel like my mind isn't functioning. Like I need a lot of coffee to maintain my energy levels and stuff like that. I just um, keep also, taking Adderall all fucking what? day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you crush that up and snort it, it goes a lot further. Yeah, it really uh, yeah. works well. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So no, I can't yeah. stop thinking about shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um, I don't know if you know this, but stabilized wood has the same effect when you sand it down and snort it as cocaine. I'm not sure if you knew no. that or not. Uh, d- don't ask Kush. me how I found that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> they call it cactus juice for a reason, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spiky. <laughs> Woo. Ah, I just got done sanding some handles and boy am I feeling frisky. Um kicks like a so, fucking mule. Yeah, exactly. Uh but yeah, so I wasn't sure if I was going to be sick or not and then I yeah. got the shot. I bought I you know I told Sarah I was like, "You know what, man, f- frick it, man. I'm just going to buy the tickets if we feel yeah. sick, we'll cancel the trip. We right. got like an Airbnb right next to Cobb, which is nice. where the Blade show is. And then mm-hmm. um, and originally I was going to go up for like four days, but I'm like, you know, I, I just feel like I need to get back here as soon as possible. But I did yeah. schedule it for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And then I even realized later after listening to some um, listening to Jeff and Mareko talk about it on pod on Knife Cut Talk podcast. They said, yeah. you know, you could pretty much see everything in a day, it, you know, whatever. I realized right then and there that. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be chomping at the bit to do something. So I decided to donate my time to anyone who's exhibiting there. Uh, and if they need a hand with anything with selling, with display, with setting up yeah, a runner, sweet. if they want me to go grab them a beer or food or whatever, I'm happy to help. Yeah. I don't want to be sitting around. I don't want to be just right? lounging Put around and bullshitting. Work, I want to be working. I want to be working for the community that's worked for me. That's supported yeah. me. So I now I'm going there and I'm I'm planning on seeing everybody and talking to everybody as much as possible and doing a bunch of photo ops and trying to get with everybody that I've, I've been following and for so many years. Awesome. Then I'm just going to donate my hands and feet and legs to the to the the goal of getting as many things sold for all of my friends on Instagram as possible. So however, we're going to yeah. make that happen. We're going to do it. Um, well, let yeah. me know so, and so. if there's a way I can help through the Instagram channels while you're there or yeah. whatever, or blast stuff out or stories or posts or whatever, man. I, I'd I don't, I do was the same. originally thinking, Ben, that we would do like a, a, a show, like a live broadcast, maybe yeah. just me and you on Instagram yeah. go live. I just don't know what the bandwidth looks like there. I've heard sure. from multiple people that the hotel uh, or the Cobb Galleria, whatever, is just the is terrible. Yeah, so they, that's you know, what I've heard too. So I don't know if it's going to actually technically work. However, uh-huh. I do have a hotspot on my phone, and Sarah has a hotspot on her phone. So we're thinking, okay, maybe we connect to the five G there, and we just you know blast out uh, through yeah whatever. Or let's get a well, what's a good hashtag we could get like work work for Blade Show. Yeah, work for Blade Show. That'd be good. Hashtag um, work for or uh, uh, working work for, for yeah. Blade. <laughs> yeah, work work for it. Blade Show, maybe. I don't know. That's kind of long, but um, yeah. But yeah, we'll no, I'm into it. Yeah, repeater. if you think of something, yeah, because people need a way to get a hold of me. They can get a, you know, can shoot me a DM on Instagram and and on Facebook. Most of these people that I'm gonna be helping have my phone number too, so you could you know sure. obviously call me or text me or whatever, but. Um, yeah, just reach out on Instagram or Facebook if you need help and you're displaying something in it at, um, at blade and please do not feel bad, like bug me with it because I want to help. I do want to help and I want to run around and do all that stuff and get this. So I ordered a thousand business cards to go to blade show. Like, I don't know, close to a month ago, they still haven't shown up. 
And oh. I, I mean, I went and maybe you through got stickers. the yeah well i mean i had these uh special business cards made with a qr code on them and oh, that qr yeah. code takes them to a page on my website that um gives them a discount code on the revolution grinder and then also there's going to be a direct link to the photo gallery f from blade so everything that we did at blade i'm going to take all these pictures and dump them into a photo gallery there nice. and then there'll be like other connection points well the freaking things haven't shown up yet and we've oh. been calling the print shop, you know, like, hey, where's the cards? Where they go? Oh, it's stuck in this. It's stuck in that. And I'm super disappointed. Yeah. So I won't That's have something that um, I've always been surprised. There's been a number of efforts uh, to make sort of a universal standard for digital, um, you know, digital business cards. But nothing has ever seemingly completely yeah. stuck. Right. You're right. And, and here's the problem with the digital card is that it goes into the ether of the phone, even if you still do it, yeah, right? Like, even right. if I had, they have those things, they're called like popples or something like that, where you yep, can, yep. you know, tap somebody's phone and it sends them your contact information. Yeah. There's nothing like having a, and, and the business cards we got were like the really thick, triple thick, heavy stock with like oh, three different yeah. colors. And like, you know, they're nice. really nice. They're embossed. Um, I was also going to next year, I'll do this for sure. I didn't even realize this. I was like thinking, well, maybe I could laser cut, like laser etch oh, some business yeah. cards into steel. Right. And I have some thin steel. And then I started looking on Amazon. Well, they sell black, uh, business cards that are made out of stainless steel. They're like blanks Ooh. for, for this exact purpose. Well, of course I can't get any of them now, but in time, you know, yeah. for the show. So. <laughs> I'm yeah. just fucked all around. You know, I'm just yeah. going to have to go and enjoy myself. Anyway, the Blade, this year going to Blade anyway is just going to be a total recon mission, just going to yep. see what it's all about, meet everybody, sometimes talk to shows, everybody, um, you know. Sometimes those shows, and I know some of the bigger tech shows that I've been to, like I've been to the AWS conference um, and uh, the ESRI uh, GIS conference is pretty huge. Built into the conference badge system, they have a way to exchange business card information, and that's pretty oh, handy. Okay. Okay. I don't know if Blade will like have that. that, you know, but you can just every um every badge at AWS had a QR code on it, and that got you right to that person's. You had your own little like web page you could edit with AWS, but of course that's. Amazon, you know, <laughs> right, right. They, they have a few resources at their fingertips to pull something like that off. <laughs> yeah, you, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where, um, I'm totally not prepared. That's okay. We're gonna go. Yeah, um, go it wasn't it an out, expensive. Trip Sarah's going with you. Sarah's going with me. Um, nice. She's gonna. Um, she, you know, we haven't traveled since the pandemic started. Right, and, and right. Now we're fully vaccinated, so we feel really comfortable traveling. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and I think it's going to be friggin' awesome. I'm, I'm yeah, stoked. Man. So if you're going to Blade, you listen to the show and you see me, come talk to me. Let's get a picture. Let's hang out a little bit, and then let's run. And I'm also, by the way, looking to uh, bring other people on who have nothing to do. That if they, you know, if they're at Blade and they want something to do too, man, like let's let's all help each other. Let's like go off and you know, yeah. there's probably going to be more than one booth that's going to need a hand. I would no think doubt. so. I would think. So we'll I mean, see. Like they said on on Knife Talk, right? Is if you're there selling your wares, um, odds are for some people it's a fairly spendy trip, 
right? To have a booth and everything else. So there might just be a lot of solo acts and, you know, it's hard to sell knives when you're taking a piss. Well, that's just it. Or you need a beer, you know, like some of these guys, you know, if they want to have a beer or something later in the day yeah, and they're stuck, uh, you know, they're stuck doing whatever. It's like, well, shit, put me on. I remember. I'll sell uh, sell your shit. I remember, uh, when I worked for a nonprofit, I went to this big uh, ESRI is the name of the the software company. They make oh I know geographic, ESRI yeah oh, ESRI yes. is a big so I went to their international user conference and I was pretty wet behind the ears at the time still you know just first job out of college and didn't know what the big wide world was about and I remember going to that conference in San Diego at the convention center. And I, I want to say there's almost like 10,000 people go to that conference or more. And, uh, in the vendor area is just massive, right? It's probably 10 acres of vendors. It's this huge, huge enclosed area. And at the end of the first night, um, well, like in the afternoon, I guess it was about three, four o'clock, Vendors could actually purchase kegs of beer to hand out to the <laughs> conference it. goers, right? So I love it. You'd walk around and there'd be like ten different booths with like four or five kegs of beer, you know, and they're just passing out beers. Man, I was in heaven. <laughs> it's like this, this, this adulting thing kicks ass. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you go there for work and then you just get hammered oh, and you're talking you business. But and yeah. ultimately, though, that's like the re- a really great way to get people to connect. Oh, it was I great. mean, you know, it's kind of like a, it turns shit. it into a big bar. Yeah. yeah, it really did. And you know, conferences. I don't know. I've always to me been really cool uh, venues for learning because you can't always like put on paper what you got out of it, but what you do get out of it between networking exposure to new ideas, um, you know, uh, and training sessions, free training sessions and all that stuff, even right down to the, you know, vendor, uh, paid for parties that happen every night where, you know, digital globe rents the biggest yacht you've ever seen and takes, you know, you and a thousand other people out in the Harbor, you know, that's, you're picking up so much stuff from just being around, uh, like-minded people who are passionate about the same things and, you know, maybe at a higher level of knowledge than you or a lower level of knowledge from you, but, but everybody's kind of in the same lane. And I imagine Blade Show to be sort of at that extreme, right? And there's some real big uh, knife nerds and blade nerds at that thing. And then there'll be others who are on the fringes of it and just a cool melting pot. Really I'm just cool looking melting. forward to seeing a bunch of people that I've been talking to for years on. How Instagram about it? Like actually Facebook. meet face to face? That'll be wild. I don't even know if I'll recognize some of them. You know, that's the thing. It'll I, be I don't like, think. Wait, I would. Oh, wait. Holy shit! This is yeah. This is what you look like in real life, <laughs> right? You're a You're girl? much uglier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute! Wow, you must you must really take those pictures at a great angle, boy. Whoa, <laughs> man. Know. Jeez, no, I'm kidding. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll be the fat piece of crap walking around. People are like, you're not Brian House. Get it the fuck out of here. You <laughs> Say look something. Like Wait, an I gotta, I gotta like a 44 year old alcoholic. And then I'll be like, hey, what's happening there, YouTube? It's Brian <laughs> yeah. House here for house. Like, holy shit, it's him. It's him. 
think I got this voice being straight laced? <laughs> Lots of hard living, boys. Hard living. Great face for radio, as they say. So, so uh, let me give you a quick update because uh, the yeah, show tell me, tell me. I've got a hard out, uh, probably yeah. about thirty minutes or so. So, um, also I'm expecting yeah. an enormous thunderstorm right now. I don't even know, Ooh. but. Sometimes when these thunderstorms come through, like the microphone will pick it up. Um, it's because I yeah. work in like a tin roof building or whatever. But um, I've been doing a lot of uh, hand sanding of handles. So uh, in the last couple of episodes, nice. I was talking about working with stainless. Oh, yep. and and uh, the big announcement, which I can finally fully talk about now because all of the, the promo videos are now being pushed out. Is yeah, the Gyoto Challenge, the Gyoto Challenge, which is the, um, there's 10 YouTubers that got involved in this. I was invited to come along. Um, some of these guys have millions of subscribers, and I don't even know how I got dumped into the bucket, but I did, and I'm very grateful for that. And I made a stainless Gyoto uh, out of AEBL stainless. It took me three tries to get this knife right. So, like, oh, I built three it, different huh? versions of this knife, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was a, such a great learning experience. I learned so much. I'm not really a, a hidden tang handle maker, which is like those uh, octagonal handles that you see like Ben's Bites. Yeah. And a whole bunch of them. He's Incredible. actually the one that he advised me through the entire process, basically virtually through text mm-hmm. message and FaceTime, which I truly appreciate you, Ben. Thank you so much. Um, and um, but yeah, so I built that knife. I uh, haven't really sent any photos of it out yet because I can't. There's like a voting thing that people have yep. to vote. But if you go online, I am not asking for votes because number one, I know I'm gonna lose. All right, I'm going up against some of these guys with like 40 million <laughs> layers of freaking copper uh, and Kumai but you're and there Go-Mai. at the table. Like that's all. That's what matters, you know. Is it, I, yeah, you're mixing yeah, but, it up. You know? Ben Ben's bites was telling me he goes this is just a popularity contest he's like you know people are just gonna vote for whoever <laughs> they like the most they're not gonna vote for the best knife I'm like yeah exactly. well again I'm gonna lose see this guy <laughs> over here he's got fucking millions of subscribers if this is a popularity well, contest I'm really fucked <laughs> got, you, I'm, I'm dead you in got the water, like all boys. the pirates right you got Blackbeard and Redbeard and he's got, Graybeard got, yeah and, we got um. Uh, there's a whole list. Anyway, if you go to my yeah. Instagram, you can watch the video of the sort of the, the pump up video. And then this Friday, there'll be a scheduled release of 10 videos on each channel. And they'll all include uh, the video builds for those knives. So you can go through and watch them. Basically, we were given it was like forged and fire. We were given parameters. You you know, you had to meet uh, some parameters to, you know, kind of build a knife. And then that and then at the end, uh, you know, the, there's a judging thing where and it's yep. judged by you, the audience. Everyone gets to vote uh, on that voting page. So you can go down in the description. You can click vote uh, and uh, find the knife you like the most and then give it a vote. So that's cool. That's been my shit, man. Yeah, that and I'm Love working. Um, I'm working with black canvas micarta this week and that is something i know you've been uh thinking about doing a lot of and i am really enjoying working with that as a synthetic material man it's like it buffs up so cool man yeah i i wonder well number one i think based on what i've read and i don't really know for sure because i've always only ever used one but the the quality of the actual epoxy used in it has 
some bearing on that that quality of the finished product, right? I would so imagine, yeah, using, absolutely. You know, uh, what I've heard is that, and this kind of makes sense, but using a slower set epoxy produces a better finish throughout the, the material, right? So as you go down through the layers, um, a faster curing epoxy is going to flash off faster and so has a higher probability of imperfections in the middle, right? Whereas a slow set epoxy cures slower over time, more thoroughly over time. And so you get sort of a, a more consistent quality throughout the thickness of the material. Cause some micartas yeah. can get pretty thick, you know, I've been curious and I, a, a couple of little samples I've played with, I was pleasantly surprised. I've always thought that that fabric in it, you know, whether it's burlap or canvas or whatever fabric you're using, I've always thought that that could potentially have the tendency to sort of fray and get hairy, but it mm -hmm. sure doesn't, does it? It, it just does not. stays, it's, it becomes part of the epoxy. At when I hand sand this at like 80 grit, I get like little fur furry edges yep. a little bit, but then once mm -hmm. I get to like 220, they're gone. You know, yeah. it starts to it starts to kind of blend into itself. So, yeah. what do you take it, it take it up to on your grit? I take I take it up to 3,000 grit, and then I okay. buff the shit out of it. So, but yeah. it's really not necessary. I mean, you could take it to maybe a thousand grit and be fine. I just right. really like. So there's a there's a particular quality of when I look at this material when it's buffed out I used so if you can imagine the blade is stainless steel and it's like clean stainless okay and then mm -hmm. so that's like more of a silvery look and then the pens so the handle is black it's a, a black canvas micarta and it's got you know like little you can see like gradations and it. it's almost like Damascus like it's got you know like layers yeah. And then the pins are brass. And okay. I don't know why, but it reminds me of like an old, old school bowling alley. Yeah. And like, you know, that like gold when you, and silver together with the black. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it's like yep. it's like a like an old school bowling alley with all the old plastic chairs that were all, you know, nice. uh, injection molded. It's kind of like that. If you yep. don't buff it up if you don't polish it and buff it up you don't get that same sort of feeling from it and right. the what i really like about the pins being brass is that and the and the handle material being black is that when the epoxy if a lot of times on when you use lighter materials the epoxy darkens around the pins and you can really see this like ring basically it's like a little oh, corona yeah. ring around it yep. you don't you don't get that with this material because it's like yeah. somewhat flexible so it like it, uh, the the epoxy blends with the epoxy in the micarta and it looks like all one piece so it's just nice. all very very smooth uh, it took a while to get there you know with yeah. I, sh I shaped it by hand for the most part other than just the initial grinding I just you know took mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want I didn't want to fuck it up so I was like really being ginger with it and then I realized yeah. how durable this material is you, you it really, really is Really when hard, guys talk about know? um when guys talk about G10 you know I've often thought like man in most most in most cases I've heard G10 you know sort of touted for its durability and I, I don't know like I start thinking about a well-built micarta with 
canvas or, you know, some kind of sturdy fabric embedded into it and a high quality epoxy, man, that's got to be damn near bomb proof there, you know. So I don't know how much more durable G10 is in comparison, but um, everything, everything I've ever made with epoxy is damn strong you know i'm fa- i'm fairly but, certain the difference is is that micarta is the is usually like burlap or fabric or like denim and g10 yeah. i think is fiberglass I, i'm right, i'm fairly right. certain uh and that's the difference and you know i've worked yeah. a lot with fiberglass and it's it, miserable. it's it's miserable but it's strong and and yeah. that's the you know that's yeah. the thing about this is that um when you're working with micarta it's almost as if you're working with uh, epoxy only, but it has this True. like really nice mesh. mesh on the inside. And same with G10, like G10 has the same kind of feeling. But the one thing about G10, especially if you use a lighter color, it has a tendency to grab color from other stuff. So like yeah, the buffing or whatever. Those those fiberglass strands are like straws, you know. They are. They'll pull stuff in, and then you end up yeah. sanding it down again and trying to get rid of it. And uh, I also yeah, know it's yeah. a bear to cut on uh, looking at like CNC operations and stuff like that. It's murder on tooling. Oh yeah. Um, which is brutal of, on anything on knives yeah. on sandpaper. It's See, very and, um, very difficult. And epoxy will chip as well and that was the other difference i could think of when i and and could unearth when i was doing a little bit of investigation but and i've had that happen before right where something i've poured like with epoxy um if you drop a tool on it or something like that it can have the tendency to chip a flake off almost like um so that would probably be another difference between g10 and like a an epoxy based handle is you drop an epoxy-based handle, you may have a tendency to see a piece chip off or flake off. And I don't know that you'd see that with G10. I don't think so. Or micarta. I, I think if yeah. it was done right, it'll all, the, the micarta would done be absorbed. Because right, yep. yeah, if done be right, the micarta has so so little uh, area without fabric, right? I think it's easy to start thinking of micarta as like epoxy with these thin layers of fabric in the middle. Like, no, that's not it at all. It's no, fabric it's with thin compressed. layers of epoxy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they and the cool. fabric actually soaks up the epoxy and it all yep. becomes one thing, which is meshes. which is and and you know, the more I work with synthetics, it makes me wonder why I work with wood. I mean, you know, wood yeah. is such a even stabilized wood is is Fickle. just a bear. It's very fickle and working with these synthetics and on my knife board, I have a mix. I have stabilized wood, non-stabilized wood. I have synthetics. I have epoxy handles. I've got plastic handles and I tend to in the kitchen anyway, I tend to lean towards grabbing the synthetic handles because I feel like mentally, I feel like they're cleaner, even though they're probably not. It just, it's like I grab that knife first because it just it feels good I in the hand. That, it's smooth, yeah. and it feels like I can clean it better than I can even stabilized wood. A lot of times, I feel like I can't get it clean. You know. Yeah, and most kitchens, right? I mean, an average kitchen to a to a nice kitchen, um, in the you know in the culinary world, uh, you know, most of those knives have the plastic handles. 
Um, and I think that's probably the big reason is Clem. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to easy to blast it in the the hot you know the hot dishwasher and get it sterilized quick and move on. But see, that's a big boy. faux pas in the knife world. Like we don't put our knives in the dishwasher because yeah, know. of you know you know reasons. the issues with <laughs> handles being yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but like most of it's related to the, the you know edge retention yeah. and then also the. Um, the handle, you know, the epoxies that we are using are not like these industrial see. epoxies that these these companies are using. So it's like nobody puts their blades in the dishwasher unless it's like on accident. And right. um, but with the plastic handles, I feel like you can really scrub them and they don't even the synthetics. Yeah. You don't get the same response from the wood, any swelling or anything. So. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Handle work. And I'm covered busy, in man. freaking like sand. It. Yeah. Oh, dude. I've been so busy. I did I took the m- Memorial Day off. I didn't work. Well, mm-hmm. actually that's Good not true. <laughs> I did yeah. I didn't right. work. I spent yeah. time in the shop and the studio right. with Dexter. Right. And oh, we made a night. I saw that. I saw you yeah. guys got some time. That is awesome. Was it was yeah. it good times? Dude, yeah. I mean, it was his course, idea. Right? So, like, nice. you know, whenever oh, he has the best. that. Oh, yeah. He was, and it was like Memorial Day. You could sleep in if you want. You don't have to, yeah. you know, wake up early. He's like, no, wake me up. I want to go to the shop. I want to work. He nice. got inspired by the Gyoto that I made. Oh, and sweet. he was like, I want to make one of those. And I'm like, nice. okay. I'm like, you do realize, like, it just to make the blade it's and get commitment. it to the point where we're going to heat treat it is like four or five hours. And he was yep. like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." So he, came, he we came here, and the, the 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 path that I took on this Gyoto is I wanted it to be hand hammered, and mm-hmm. so we started with three sixteenths of an inch stainless steel, heated it in the induction forge, and then hammered it down to just under an eighth of an inch. And you had to do that, that by that hand. So cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, nice. and here's and here's the best part. Right in the middle of power hammers on Craigslist. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh man, if we had a power hammer. So he says to me, "Oh, I'm gonna take a break." And I'm like, "Oh, you need the old man to step in." He's like, "Yeah." And I I stepped in and I hand hammered some of it out for him, and you know we kind of went back and forth just to kind of relieve each other from it. But uh, we got it done. That's fun though. Like when it's their idea, right? Like that is that is like. The, the maker dad's dream come true, you know, You're, huge, for once, huge, you didn't have to beg him to, to go life. out, you no. know, or <laughs> not beg I, him, I've but- learned my lesson now. I don't ask because if I ask him, 
if I like go, Hey, let's yeah. go and do this together, whatever. I, I feel like he most humor of the time me. has something else going on and he does it only right to humor me. And, yep. and it's not it's really enjoyable now. for him. But when he, yep. when he d- brings it up and wants to do it, then it's just like, you know, the pedals to the floor, man, let's go do yep. this. And he really enjoys it. And I enjoy it too, because I only get so many years like this with my son. So, no doubt. Yeah. That's, this is the first year I've noticed that humoring, uh, in Jack at 11, you know, where, mm, mm-hmm. and it drives his mother nuts when I point it out because she still doesn't see it. But I was like, you realize he's just doing that because he knows he should. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? He's, no, he's not. He's learning like, to play yeah, the game. He's, yeah. he's totally playing you right now. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it just fries her goat, man. He's like, no, no way. No. He wants no, to. That, like, you're like, oh, no, seriously, shit. these kids are smart. Like, they'll figure this <laughs> yep. out really quick and then they'll realize, like, for a while, my kids, like, right between the age of like 10 and 12, they forgot this. Like, yeah, it was like both Izzy and Dexter <laughs> both seem to forget that all they have to do is be nice. And all right. they have to do is kind of play ball. They don't even have to yeah. really play ball. They just have to kind of play ball. Yep. And it seemed like there was a two year period with both of them that they just did not want to yeah. do that. And then all of a sudden this year. It clicked. It was like they woke up, they emptied the dishwasher, they, you know, <laughs> things started happening around the house that we, you know, had always asked. There was, right. there was less back talk. There was, all, and it was just like, well, hey, look at this. There, you guys are learning. Works. Yeah. It's and, funny. And it's and like, there's only like four or five freaking things that you have to do, you know, and that's what I tell it the boys all the time. Like, look, you do these four freaking things, I would leave you, you could, veg out to youtube for a month as long as i don't have to put fucking dishes away in the dish out of the dishwasher you know you take the trash out and you do this and you mow the grass like you leave me the fuck alone i live in the workshop you won't even know you have a dad yeah i won't be up your butt at all you won't even know that you're being parented at all you may you may you you could claim neglect you could have me thrown in jail and that would be but they just can't do those things you know, yeah, just can't it, 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 do it. There, it, it, it takes a while, but when it clicks, it clicks. They get it, and then it's like oh, it, life is good. You know, hey, we're we're yeah. we're working as a team. We're as you know, we would do it together. So, but yeah. So uh, anyway, so that's what I've been up to in my workshop. I've been hand hand, you know, working on handles, finishing the Yoda challenge, uh, you know, messing with stainless steel, hanging out with Dexter. Tell me about your week in the workshop, Man. Ben. What have you been up to? It's been busy, you know, um, got, I've got three commissions stacked up right now. And, uh, so one is <laughs> my second in a row butcher block countertop. Oh, um, the, the ever doomed <laughs> butcher block. Yeah. I remember just listening to you last week. Go, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is like the worst thing ever. I don't really want to do this ever again. And then like 10 seconds later, you're like, well, I'm <laughs> well, building another one. Now. Oh, building the cutter up. <laughs> no, th- so this one. Don't this you one, learn? I, guess, <laughs> no, I I just can't. I'm a glutton for punishment. They just so they they on the surface, right? And here's the thing. This is this ties into your um your uh, uh preaching on process, right? Uh, on the surface, and in reality, in all actuality, building a tabletop or a countertop 
or what I would call any panel, right, any wooden panel, is a very simple process. Um, you know, in all reality, if you do your milling well, so you have nice, straight, perfectly flat uh, edges on the boards, um, you know, if you've got two sides flat, three sides flat, you're rolling, and, and there is a process to it that can be followed and perfected to where, um, honestly, making tables and countertops becomes fairly lucrative. It is, uh, there is not a whole lot of material there. The material is predictable, um, and the process for getting it ready to glue up into a panel is fairly easy. So you should be able to make some good quick money on it. I have honed the process with this one quite well, and I'm pretty proud of uh, how quickly I was able to get it, you know, ready to go out the door. It'll go out to out the door this week, which is great. And always the second one you do, or the third or fourth or whatever, yeah. the, the process yep. becomes a lot easier. And that's one of yeah. the things that I wanted to talk with you a little bit about was, yes, I do preach about process, but also there's this story element to learning how to do something, right? So like, right. let's just say you've never made one before. You've never made a butcher block top. Now you're trying to figure it out and you're filming the process, right? And here's what I've discovered is that people like to watch that. They, they do. Yeah. They like to watch that they process. Really I don't like creating that process. I hate that, it. Like I don't I like filming it. that process. I should say, like, like because mapping mine is a story. often scattered. Honestly, Correct. mine Correct. is often where I touch it now, and then I may touch twenty six other things. Yes. Before I circle back to touching, you know, that well, process again. And that's because you have probably like I have a ADHD. little bit of ADHD, right? <laughs> yeah. So like. I, I would be I would probably lose the H now that I'm older, but like I will say that I have the same problem is that yeah. so what creating a video for YouTube or Instagram or wherever, it requires somebody to think the steps through all the way, you know, from start to finish before the first uh, piece is filmed. Now, if you're learning mm -hmm. about how to do this process, you're actually filming that, you know, um, conceptualization, learning and how it works and everything else. I've been not creating a ton of content on YouTube because I got really annoyed by that. I got like tired of trying yeah. to work that portion of it out on camera because I was really stifling my growth as a craftsman. Right. I, I really felt like it was. And I felt like I was doing my audience a disservice. Now with the grinder stuff, it's, it's all that is, you know, stuff I've been doing for years and yeah. anything that I share about a grinder, it's pretty much stuff I've done before. So there's old not hat, a lot of discovery right. there. It's old hat and it's not, there's not a lot of discovery going on, but yeah. I, what I will say but for us, it, it, it's, it's, I think the process they like to watch is obviously the business development side of things. But mm -hmm. I've also wanted to create content more of a creative side and do those types of things. They tend not to be my most viewed videos because they're really yeah. not sharing any sort of value. There's not really bringing much value other than entertainment. Yeah. So by think... me setting my process aside and learning and not or setting my camera aside and learning to do the processes without actually filming it, I feel like I have jumped light years ahead. And now I want to go backwards 
and I want to show everybody what I've learned, if that makes sense. Like, you sort of walk people through my process. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, and we've talked about it a little bit as well, is how to capture the, I don't know, for, for lack of a t- better term, putzing, right? Because <laughs> at, at some level, you're just like futzing around. And, and I come out with some of like the coolest shit sometimes i posted the other day about a center finding jig that i 3d printed and it's fairly simple um you know and it'll find the center of a board less than i think three inches wide so instead of pulling out your tape measure um you know you pull out this jig and but my point was it was like oh here you go here how to find the center of a board all it takes is a $200 3D printer, $20 worth of filament, <laughs> you know, $1,000 design software, eight hours of print time, you know, all this happy horseshit. And, and it's like, there was a lot of freaking tinkering and time and money and energy that went into creating this jig that I never use anyway. Because when I need to find the center of a board, right, all I, all I literally do is pull up my tape measure orient it on a diagonal let's say the board is you know three and 24 sixteenths or you know some odd fraction i'll take my tape measure hold it on the dumb end and then sort of push it at an angle across until i get to a whole number that's easily divisible by two and then mark it mark the board along that line it's really simple i'll have to make a post about it and folks can check it out but it doesn't sound just, simple but i know what you mean it, it, it you're yeah, right you, it's you like wouldn't grab this simple, jig to do that i mean it, right i wouldn't it, grab the jig like, to do it but you know so so anyway how do you but if you had a whole bunch maybe you would like let's say right. you had to do this on a whole like everywhere. 10 or 20 boards it might be worth it then you may you know? yep or yeah but there was a lot that came out of that process, right? And I do that on the regular when I'm out in the shop. It's like, to, to your point, the ADD uh, in me can only work on a project for so long before my brain gravitates towards something else. So prime example, this morning, I was gonna card scrape this tabletop or this countertop and a card scraper is just a flat piece of metal uh, that you basically create a burr on the edge and then you sort of hold it between your two hands, bend it slightly and push it across the wood. So it, it just takes this really fine little curl off the top and you can clean up glue squeeze out and you can clean up rough spots and it's better than sandpaper. It's incredible. But I was going to do the whole top of this table. Well, one thing led to another. I card scraped for about five minutes and the damn things get so hot from friction that you can't even hold on to them. So in the past, I've had a refrigerator magnet that I stick on the back so that when I push my thumbs against the back of the card scraper, it doesn't get hot, right? I just create a heat. You're talking about like one of those flat refrigerator magnets, right? Yeah, uh, a flat, like like, uh, Bob the Lawyer type thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that comes on the phone book. book. They used to come on the phone book. Yep, yep. (laughs) Back in my days, we used to get (laughs) magnets on our phone books. What's a phone book, Grandpa? <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is. Remember um, TikTok? That was great yeah. too. It was a great what year. What are you talking about? It was a great year. 
<laughs> more twerking than you can shake a stick at. I saw more twelve-year-olds twerking that year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's <laughs> this took a sideways turn. Two seconds ago, we were talking about card scrapers. Card scrapers. So I couldn't find my refrigerator magnet. I couldn't find my get out of jail free, you know. Oh, you lost it. uh, Yeah. So lost that. So what's that lead to? Well, of course, that leads me to the leather working drawer, which leads me to two pieces of leather, which leads me to the idea of what if I made a little sleeve that I could slide over the top of the card scraper Ooh, that had okay. enough leather that was sort of like a hot pad, right, for the oven. And you stick this little hot pad over the top of that card scraper. It's got enough leather in the back to put my thumbs on. My fingers in the front don't get hot. My thumbs in the back don't get hot. And I can card scrape for days without That's pretty ingenious. of friction heat. So those are the things, though, like how do you capture that on video, you know, because... It would be a really pretty damn short video, right? It's like Ben's scraping a table, his fingers get hot, a light bulb goes off, and next thing you know, you've got this little 15-minute made sleeve that goes over your card scraper, and that's it. Like, really not all that entertaining. (laughs) Um, I think that's what suits me so well for, like, the Instagram world is makes an awesome 20- to 30-second video clip. Uh, Cause all, all people need to see is the idea. There's no explaining needed you know, there's no explanation needed. It's so simple that a monkey can see that, Oh, my fingers wouldn't get hot if I put that thing on there. Cool. Uh, but I think the concept is interesting to people. Even yeah. if, even if you did, even if, let's just say you recreated this video of you making this thing and yeah. just did it like in your normal style where you speed things up, you do it in like 30, 40 seconds uh, I would think that that would be something it, it, it ticks all the boxes, yeah. right? It's interesting yep. that you figured you had a problem and then you figured it out and you brought the value to the user and you did it all in less, less than a minute. That might yep. be something that would be very valuable to, uh, other woodworkers. You know, maybe they don't, think, maybe they're yeah. like, well, maybe I I used to grab a pair of gloves, but now Ben, you know, right. convinced me to make this little leather sleeve. Everybody knows just, the magnet trick, be, but yeah, I'm, I'm considering doing, um, cause I'm, I've been so notoriously bad at publishing YouTube videos. So I'm considering, uh, one of those like 30 day challenge type things. I don't think I can do a 30 day challenge, but maybe every other day, 30 day challenge. Like for um, Instagram to do a video on actually Instagram? for YouTube where every day you'd put something out, oh. you know, dropping the gun. Um, so look at you. Well, I just, I think I need that goal to, to strive for, to push me to do it. And I need, I need the volume of production to get processed down. You know, I've got my Instagram process down very well to where I can, I can create Instagram content. I could create it all day, every day easily, you know, but the YouTube stuff, I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. And I think something like a 30 day challenge or, you know, a video every other day for 30 days or something like that would, uh, would force me to get a process down for, you know, three plus minute long videos. I think you're putting yourself 
uh, you're get, you're putting pushing yourself a little too far with thinking YouTube isn't going to like your content on that yeah, you do on I Instagram am. because you think of it in terms of this when you're on YouTube you can be anything you want you don't have to follow this set of rules yeah. You know, that everyone seems to think you have to have these long form videos with narration and all of this. Your channel basically will gain viewership based upon whatever you like to do over time. And if you're comfortable creating that Instagram content like you do, maybe add like one more element, like a voiceover yeah. or something, and then mm -hmm. call it good and be done with That's it and point. see what happens because, man. People watch I somebody friended me on Facebook the other day and I'm not effing kidding you. If you listen to the podcast, bro, I don't I'm not making fun of you at all. Like this is <laughs> this blew my mind. This guy has a YouTube channel where all he does is do reviews on MREs. No, you know shit. what a meal ready to oh, eat. Yeah. Like the mili military. I think I've seen that channel. Yeah. He friended me on Facebook and I'm like and then, he, of course, it's his content creator. So I went and he like he makes these review videos of MREs and it's like nice. long, drawn out, you know, videos <laughs> of like, you know, very detailed about the flavors. And he eats them, he samples yeah. them and stuff. And it's just like if people watch this, they yeah, will sure as shit watch you make quick, you know, one to two minute YouTube videos that you can monetize. And you I'm going to put and them. See. I've been really so this is my concept as I've gotten more into CAD and cam work with VCarve Pro and Fusion and SketchUp and everything else every video that you find that that teaches you how to do something is like a 15 freaking long minute video right and half so of it's bs the process, because I watched them they're terrible yeah and the process literally takes about 90 seconds to to walk through and explain. That's right? Like if you're yeah. just going at a normal speed with the mouse, most processes take about 90 seconds. I'm in a I've been working on like two minute long videos for how to do some of this CNC and CAD cam work that people will actually watch because I don't want to listen to this guy's, you know. 12 minutes of bullshit just to get to the how-to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same in the laser is, etching world. It's the same thing. They're, yeah. These guys, they're I, like, they're like one guy spent like five minutes complaining about the software and the and how yeah. he doesn't like that you have to hold the alt key down to and the scroll wheel care, to bro. zoom in just and out. Just tell me you got to do it. Don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Really don't. And you he's know? like, well, you know, Adobe Illustrator, it does the same thing. And you got to yeah, like hold down the alt key. And you, I'm I like, just want to know that you do have to hold the alt bro, key. Thank you. Show me <laughs> how to freaking hatch this thing. All right. Get yeah. over Get over Well, yourself. and that's what happened is I have right now. And I said it last week that it was going to be published this past weekend. And I, and right. I didn't publish it for this very reason is because I got done making that video and I, and, and at, at the very end, I thought, Oh, this would be cool. What if I added at the end? So people had to fast forward through, you know, and I could put a little thing in the beginning that said, if you want to see the 10 second explanation or the step-by-step -step process, stick around till the end of the video. 
right? And then I was going to like stick it in the end where it's like, here's the 30 seconds in real time speed on how you click through these menus and set this thing up. And then I got thinking like, and you could timestamp it in the description <laughs> too. You could timestamp yeah, well, it and point them to it to the end. Right. And I thought about that, but then I thought, no, that's not solving the problem. That's skirting the problem. You know, I was like, why not just make the 90 second video and publish that okay, instead of right. telling people how miserable it is to hold down the alt key. And I can't believe Adobe would do that. Fuck that. I'm just going to cut that out, you know, <laughs> make it a two, two minute video, give you the goddamn goods uh, so that you can come in and get out and get on with your life. That's so like I don't know. my, uh, the tube steel, uh, the tube steel weld seam removal video. That's like got almost a yeah. hundred thousand views on it now on YouTube. Yeah. And all these people are commenting in going like, you could have said this in like four minutes. It's like, yep. you know, I really could have, you're right, but there's a ton of details that freaking matter. And let me there demonstrate. And then, um, and get this. Uh, so I don't know if you know, Greg's garage at all I, on YouTube. He's got a channel. <sighs> Greg's garage. He's like uh he's a fix it guy. He does a lot of cool stuff, but he manufactured these he he created a weld seam removal tool that uses a carbide burr and it's a 3D printed uh, uh removal tool. So he him and I have been talking back and forth because in order to build the revolution you have to remove a weld seam. And uh, and I just took delivery of like a uh, hundred sets of tube steel to build the revolution, uh, build a hundred revolution grinders. And nice. um, <clears throat> so, and, and I thought actually I didn't think anything of it cause I haven't heard from Greg in a while. Mm-hmm. Like the day after I received this, all this tube steel, the truck came and, and we got it offloaded uh, I get an email from Greg and he said, Hey, all my stuff is finally in from the machine shop. Let's do that collaboration. Now he uh-huh. doesn't know that I took delivery of all this tube steel. So I'm going to, I have a call with him tomorrow night and we're going to discuss, he's going to send me um, obviously one of nice. his tools. And then we're yeah. going to do the weld seam removal on 210 inch pieces of Man, tube steel. You'd be putting them to the test. I'm putting it to a real serious test. And and I, it'll be really interesting to see how his tool holds up and with that much abuse and like, you know, all that. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's gonna be really neat collaboration between his channel and my channel. And um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be kind of cool. So but awesome. I think people are interested in that process. Anyway, getting back to what I we're do saying too. about process. I think it's yeah, I think it's like you said, I do. I get way too caught up over um, creating content I think people will want to see and I need to just publish content mindlessly like I do on Instagram where because I Because people watch that stuff. You will be interested in it. Yeah. Even though it's a different format caught, or different platform, yeah. I think people will, would enjoy it. On I get YouTube caught well. up in that like searchability and, you know, like, oh, what are people searching for? And yeah, don't that. overthink it. it out there. Yeah, yeah, the the video that uh, tube ste- the tube steel um, seam video that I put out, it took me one day to shoot it. Not even a whole day. I think I got mm-hmm. that done in like a half of a day. I had it completed. I got here at like eight in the morning and then worked until about noon. It was done. I uploaded it and then it went freaking crazy gangbusters. Uh, and I think partially because 
uh, right around that time, there was another video that had gone viral about removing the, t- the seam from tube steel, which I didn't really fully understand why it went viral. But I had already yeah. made the video and I was like, well, I guess, you know, they're watching that one. You know, maybe they'll watch mine. And, and they did. Yeah. But I didn't think about that when I made that video. I literally made that video because I get the question all the time about building the revolution right. and how do you do it and what's the best practice and what tool do you use? I made it because I was making it uh, a quality value video for my my um, yeah. grinder audience, and then it went freaking crazy. I mean, I've gotten I think I got like two thousand subscribers from that, and I produced nice. that video a couple months ago. So it's like, well, Love it. I didn't even think about it. I just and and so just many content it, yeah. creators talk about this. They make videos they never think are gonna go. They think it's always like this. Yeah. The video you think is going to go viral and do well never does. And the videos you don't really give two shits about, they end up doing really well. They're going crazy. Well, it's, and, and I would say anybody, anybody who has been a content creator for longer than the past, say like four to maybe five years, you know, like yourself, some of the OGs like Bob Claggett with Make Everything and Duresta and, most of those folks will say, will, will not tell you that, one day I set a goal to be a content creator and I went out and did it. I became one. I'm now a content. No, they were just making videos and publishing them because they thought it was fun and interesting and people might enjoy some, you know, seeing some of the process. And so they just started putting out videos. And then uh, this over is my time, argument. I'm totally with you on this. That, you know, you do today. You get good people at People are like setting out to do it as if it's a formula and, and it's a no it it's noticeable when they do it. This is my argument yes. for this. Is that okay, whenever you start any endeavor, any endeavor in in business or whatever you want to do, you should always visualize the end goal first. Yeah. And when I was younger, I didn't fully understand that until now I, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life even. I couldn't tell you. I had no concept for it. I just didn't. And so when you start doing later in life when you realize the the importance of this is that if I were to visualize what I want at the end, then I can work my way to it much easier. I'm going to be able to get there much easier than I would if I didn't really know what the outcome I wanted would be. And that outcome could change. I mean, you could have, you know, over time that outcome could morph into something else. My outcome for my life has always been to work with my hands and my mind and keep myself stimulated and then also build community and, you know, share the things that I've learned. I've got like a teaching jag that, you know, my mom was a teacher like, I, you know, I really enjoy it. It's valuable. But I've also my yep. other the other half of those dreams and goals was always to never be a slave to the dollar, like never feel Like I have to do things in order, like every single day, like when I wake up in the morning, I get to choose what I do. And I think that that's a big part of success is being able to pick what you want to do with your time on earth. That was something that I achieved relatively young. Like I achieved that in my mid thirties. Most people, it takes a longer you know, period of time. Um, If you don't achieve it in your twenties, you're pretty much probably not going to achieve it until you're in your sixties. I would think, unless you're like really, really, really pushing. I achieved it in my mid thirties, which is kind of odd. 
then and then after that it was just kind of like i kept asking myself well what's next what's next what's next you know i've achieved financial freedom mm-hmm. i don't really need to to push and go to a j job every day i don't need to even really be a part of my daily business then i started thinking like well i really want to use my hands and give my all the things that i've learned over the years away i want to be part of a community and learn and do all these things and continuously be learning myself and then through me as a conduit be able to inspire others that was not, that is now my end goal like that's it yeah. you know it's just i feel like yeah. that's my my the thing that i need to do and i don't want to i i truly do not want to stop working like i don't feel like right. this is so much either. work for me I'm and now as i look at that in a in the realm of later when content creation came up it was kind of like, well, I think this would be kind of an interesting story, and it all goes together. I didn't really set out to be a content creator so much as I like it kind of fell in my lap when I started making money doing YouTube. I was like, well, maybe I can do this, you know, and like add something to my end goal. I could add to the pile. And then I fell in love with it, and I was like, shit, right. I love doing this. And I think that that's yep. where you know something like you said that's where the magic happens i truly believe though you're right about these people that go i want to be a content creator and it's just like any other endeavor when you go i want to do this because i think it's going to make me a lot of money nine times out of ten it's going to fail you can make money at it but because it wasn't your true path you kind of didn't do it right you know and it's not organic. It's the the excitement feels staged. It feels pushed. totally feels staged. Um, I know exactly. You know, what you're it about. just um, like when I watch your videos, um, and this is something before I even got to know you, right? When I watch your videos with your your kick ass lighting and just your presence in the beginning of all the videos. It like that, that to me, it just screamed like this guy fucking loves this. Right. I, or else I do I love it or else you would start with action and not dialogue. Right. I mean, that's kind of just as an example, that's like one rule, right. Is start with action to suck the viewer in, um, standing in front of a camera talking doesn't always suck the viewer in. You know, it just like there's those things where you can just tell. I watch some other folks that I that I legit know set out to become content creators and have done it. I watch those videos and it's just it's a formula. Every video becomes vanilla and, you know, they're just repeat uh, repeat process videos on different projects every time. And it's yeah. just I don't know. I lose interest fast. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And that and that happens because as a content creator, you become sort of, it becomes like easy, right? To do right. the, to do the same format. My videos yeah. follow a format, but they're all though. Typically those videos are all like, this is how you do something and let's do it together. And let me show you. Yeah. And you're right. I think I do kind of shoot myself in the foot a little bit when I do stand in front of the camera and just give like that dialogue in the beginning. It does seem to work. I I do lose, uh, I probably lose about 20% right off the bat, like right in the beginning. Uh, But that's not like, if you look at the um, analytics and retention rates on a lot of videos, it's all kind of the same. I mean, I don't think, I think a lot of people click through and they're from other countries and they hear somebody speaking English and there's no subtitles in their language they can't they don't want to follow it so they click away that gets recorded yeah. as somebody clicking away in the first 10 seconds or whatever so i can't really stop that from happening 
Um, but anyway, hey, all right, Ben. Yeah, you gotta go, right? I gotta I go. I got a hard Shit, stop. Man. Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm running out of time. I just wanted to let you know. Um, I appreciate you as always. We, you I will try. Well. Let's try to do um a live stream on Instagram while I'm at Blade. And uh, if here. you're going to Blade, like I said, find me. Let's hang out. Let's like you know do some you know um you know collaboration stuff. Whatever. I'd love to chat with everybody at Blade. Can't wait to Double. see you there. And Ben. I appreciate you. Have a great week. I appreciate you, man. Keep working for it. Uh, every day, buddy. Every day. All right, everybody. Later. You've been listening to the Work For It podcast. We want you to know if you're a patron, we appreciate you as well. Thank, Thank you, you for supporting our work right here at the Work For It podcast, the Benjamin Butler Company, and the house-made industrial uh, business complex, whatever you want to call it. So I whatever. do appreciate you guys uh, for, for supporting us financially. Thank you so much. And uh, thank the Makery Network also. Craig and Mareko and Jeff and all the guys part of the Makery Network. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tons of gratitude. We appreciate you. Thank you much. All right. Adios. See you. Adios, amigo. Later. Bye. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.